back man it's been a long time it's been the weekend of the 13th of december i think that's how long it's been since the last episode of the real table podcast um that's crazy it feels like it's months and months ago um getting set up for this it just felt really weird um I'm like, do I even remember how to do any of this stuff? Like, do I remember? <laughs> like, do I remember how to log in uh, to my account on Riverside? Like, do I remember my Spotify podcasters account? Like, do I remember all these little things? And obviously, it just came right back to me. But it is great. It is great to be back on the Real Table Podcast. Um, happy New Year, even though we're probably about past that point of saying happy new year but happy new year um life has been crazy been busy 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 um but now it's time to start getting rolling into it it's time to get back to doing this podcast it's starting to get it's time to get back to talking about movies talking about film and tv shows here and there uh yeah it's time to get back to it so the last episode we talked about Godzilla minus one, which is still my favorite movies of last year. Um, but since then I've seen, I won't say quite a few, but I've seen some movies here and there since then. I watched Maestro, which is on Netflix. Um, movie directed by Bradley Cooper, starring Bradley Cooper. Um, and Carrie Mulligan. It's about uh, Leonard Bernstein. I watched that. I saw The Color Purple. I saw The Iron Claw. I feel like there's another movie I'm missing that I saw. Or that could be it. I feel like that might be it. I did see... No, I did see May, December on Netflix. One of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. This is weird. Kind of made me uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I didn't see Aquaman, Lost Kingdom. I think Ferrari came out. Michael Mann movie about Enzo Ferrari starring Adam Driver. I didn't see that. There's quite a few things that I didn't see, but there's also things that I did see. Um, how could I forget? How could I forget? I saw Wonka. I saw Wonka with Timothy Chalamet. I can't remember who directs Wonka. Um, I saw Wonka. And that's actually what I wanted to go into, directed by Paul King. Paul King is Paul King is a solid director. I love Paddington, so if you've seen any of the Paddington movies, he directed Paddington um, and Paddington 2, which, for me, I thought those movies were super solid. But let me tell you about Wonka. We're weeks, kind of weeks removed now. Um, 
people that I've seen it have already seen it. And I don't think I'll ever debate this. I want to have much of a conversation on it. But I think Wonka is just a sad attempt uh, at a musical movie. It wanted to be The Greatest Showman in a way. Uh, but could not live up to it. And most of that is because it lacks originality. Um, and when I mean originality, original songs. It doesn't have original songs that are good. Excuse me, it has original songs, but it doesn't have original songs that are good. They're not memorable. Me and my, uh, me and my fiance was watching the movie. Um, and she literally leaned over to me and asked if we could leave. That's how bad the movie was. Now there might be people that have seen it and thinks it's much better than it is. And like, man, more power to you. I'm glad that you have fun, but don't make a musical movie like this and not have good original songs. Right. I think the first mistake is that they hired somebody who, and you know, no offense. I know it's hard writing music and I know, uh, writing songs is not easy, but man, there's a reason why The Greatest Showman was good. It had something memorable. Whether it was catchy and repetitive or not, Pesach and Paul know what they're doing. They know how to make a hit. Right? None of the songs in Wonka, none of the songs in Wonka made me go, oh, wow, this is amazing. Oh, wow, this is captivating, right? Like, from the opening scene, not even opening scene, the opening moment, the two seconds when when Wonka opens his mouth, when Timothy Chalamet opens his mouth, I thought this was a parody, guys. I was like, what the heck is this? What are we doing? So, yeah. The music is not very good. Uh, the original songs of the film were contributed by Neil Hannon, who is... A Northern Ireland singer and songwriter. And again, I'm just so sorry. I think I just think Warner Brothers, they just I think they miscalculated. It's like if you're gonna do something like this, let it carry some weight. Like put some pressure on yourselves to make a good product with good music. Right? And no offense to Hannon, it just didn't cut it for me, man. Like those songs, I'm just like, I'll I, a year from now, I won't remember. And I won't even say I won't remember because right now I don't remember. A year from now, I feel like that's going to be a forgettable movie. It's just going to be a forgettable movie. Anyways, Wonka, was, it's just one of those movies where it's just, it's just dumb. It, it, it ruined my whole movie going experience. Anyways, The Color Purple was more worth it. At least with some, at least with that film, you have a you have a blueprint and you have something to work off of because it was a Broadway musical, and so I think it was I won't say easier to adapt, but you have a framework of where to go, right? You have a framework on where to go with that movie, um, and the color purple was fantastic. That was fantastic. Um, Fantasia Barino, Danielle Brooks, Taraji P Henson. Um and Corey Davis. I don't want to butcher his name. I think it's Corey Davis. The color purple is just it, it it's good. I had my issues with it. I felt like overall 
it felt choppy. It didn't feel as cohesive as I would hope the movie to be. Then again, I haven't seen the musical and I also haven't seen the original. Um, but from what I've heard about the original, I heard the original is really good. And I heard it's also it's a tough watch, just like this one. It can be tough to watch. Uh, not because it's bad. No, it's not bad at all. It's because of the subject matter. I won't go too much detail into it. Um, Corey Hawkins, excuse me, not Davis. Corey Hawkins. Um, yeah, The Color Purple was worth it. Worth every penny. It was a good movie. Um, Blitz directed his butt off with this, and that was just it for me. The Iron Claw, um, which so far I'm already seeing, already noticing, and it's going to be a tragic. It's going to be a tragedy when we get to March for the Oscars. Um, I'm I'm crossing my fingers. Um, because I believe that Zac Efron deserves a Best Actor nomination for The Iron Claw. And so far, it looks like A24 is not doing what they need to be doing with this kind of movie. They're not campaigning hard enough. Right? They're not doing what they need to be doing for this movie and for uh, just for the creative team behind the movie. The Iron Claw is, I think it ended up in my top three of last year. It was easily one of the best movies of last year. A tough watch, like The Color Purple, it's a tough watch. But it is well acted, well directed, well written. There's no reason why A24 should not be, I mean, pulling out all the stops for this movie. Period. There's just no reason. This is Zac Efron's best role. And I honestly, I'm happy for him. Um, Because thinking about it, like looking at all the High School Musical co-stars, he's the one that's doing it right now. Like he, 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 made, he made his career. He figured it out. He was able to get his career going. And I think this is a turning point for his career where I, I can see him doing more of these uh more of these types of movies more of these dramas and he's building a, a repertoire or a resume for himself where it's not just you know he could play comedy he can do the comedy stuff but like zach efron i mean he's showing range and i'm like i'm really excited to see where his career goes there's people like this where i'm like man it's so cool to see that you started somewhere, but now you're going places like Selena Gomez, um, you know, started on Disney Channel and now her career, it's, it's, it's going places now, right? Only murders in the building. Looks like it, they're heading for a fourth season. And so it's like she's doing more stuff. She's able to do more stuff and able to find more work that doesn't just tie her down to, oh, she's just that Disney Channel star, even though that was years ago. So Zach. Long broke free of that. I feel like he's long broke free of that. But I think this is a good turning point for his career. A24. Don't know what y'all doing. Figure it out. And honestly, I can say figure it out, but I think it might be too late. Voting for the Oscars is this month. 
SAG uh, nominations just came out today. And if I'm not mistaken, SAG isn't on the SAG list. Um, I don't think Zach is on the stack list. Male actor in the leading performance. Zach is not on the sack list. Again, A24, which I thought, and I've said in the past, obviously not on this podcast because this podcast didn't exist back when I said it, but A24 is one of those, one of the best independent um, driven studios out there. Like A24 is one of those studios that if I were ever to make a movie, I would want to be, I would want to uh, take my movie or have my movie go through A24. Not Warner Brothers, not Disney, not any of those. A24. But now this is one of those moments where A24 is just, uh, they screwed the pooch. So annoying. I think we'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be talking more about that. I'm not gonna elaborate more on it right now, but that's just something that I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep bringing up because there's just no reason why that movie shouldn't begin be getting the love that it needs to be getting. It's getting a reception; people are seeing it and people are loving it. But to miss out on award season is it's a travesty. It's a travesty. So, um, the Golden Globes. Took place on Monday. We were supposed to do a show on it. Again, life got busy. So since the last episode, I found it really, really hard to get a new episode out and get it going and to even talk about the Globes before they premiered, which was in last Monday. Um, excuse me, not Monday, Sunday. Um, but the Golden Globes. Um, and the Golden Globes... What makes it different um, from the Oscars, what makes it different from SAG, we'll get to what SAG is. Um, the Golden Globes take some of the uh, highly prominent journalists and they get to vote. I think that's just how it is. It's kind of changed in the last two years. But if I, if I read correctly on the site, they take some of the high, most high-profile journalists. It's a lot of them, and they vote. And the categories range from TV shows to movies. So, uh, like, you'll get uh, best original score in a motion picture, or you'll get uh, best performance by a male actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. It's a little weird, but that's just how the Globes have been, and if it's. You know, it allows a wide variety of people and performances um, to be nominated. Um, but Golden Globes, um, big, big notes for the Golden Globes. I'm not going to go through all of it. If you want to look at the results, type in Golden Globe uh, results, and you'll find many, 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 many articles that will pop up, and I'll give you the results. Um. Two of the biggest movies of 2023 were Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, those were the two of the biggest movies and what people predicted to come in. Um, they would come in to the award season with a lot of hopes and a lot of aspirations of winning big. Barbie fell flat at the Golden Globes on Sunday with only two wins. Right? now. 
at face value, you're like, okay, two wins. Two wins is a bad. Winning is good. But when your two wins are only um, best original song or original song in a motion picture and cinematic box office achievement, that's not good. Didn't win actor. Didn't win any actress. Right? I don't know if they were up for screenplay. But they missed. They just missed. They got two wins. Now, original song, I feel like it's going to be interesting to see how this plays off the award season. I think when we get to Oscar, the Oscars, I think I think this is a lock. Um, what was I made for by Billie Eilish? I think this is a lock for best original song. I don't think anything else is beating it. Um, I I just don't see it. I just think the love for the song, and even when you think about the movie, it just hits well. Um, so I I believe that this is going to be a lock for the Oscars, and they were able to have the Golden Globe. So Billy won the Golden Globe. Um, and then they also won Cinematic Box Office Achievement. Now, Cinematic Box Office Achievement is a new category this year. It is a new category this year. I have a problem with it. A lot of people have a problem with it too. The problem with cinematic box office achievement is that it, it feels uh it feels very gimmicky. It doesn't feel like a real award. Right? And so for this award it says a box office receipt uh with a total gross of 150 mil, of which 100 mil must come from the U.S. domestic box office and or obtain commensurate digital streaming viewership recognized by trusted industry sources, right? So you're basically giving an award to, I guess, the best movie that performed well at the box office, which in hindsight was Barbie. Um. But when you really think about it, it feels like, like, if you think about it, like, in years past, movies like The Avengers or Avatar, I shouldn't put Avatar in that category, um, in the same box, but The Avengers, right? These Marvel movies would, ha- would probably win this award because it's made the most money at the box office. It meets these standards instantly. Right? So this war feels just very here. Thanks for making all this money at the box office. And here's our way to recognize you, which is lame. So Barbie, and like, and again, this is one of those categories where down the road, we're not seeing a category like this. Right? And so for Barbie to not win in any other thing, anything else other than original song, it's kind of sucks. And it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Now, granted, I know people like to measure the different awards shows and kind of figure out where things are going. Right? That way we get to Oscar night. People are like, oh, cool. This is a lock. Well, this is a lock. I think this person's going to win, right? We don't know. 
people might vote differently. People will vote differently, right? It's possible. Yet, I just think that's one thing to be like, hmm, Barbie didn't really perform well. On the other hand, Oppenheimer performs really, really well with five wins, right? Best motion picture in a drama. Killian uh, Murphy, best performance by an actor, motion picture drama. Christopher Nolan, best director, motion picture. Robert Downey Jr., best supporting actor. Um, and then Ludwig Gronson, uh, best original score, motion picture. So Oppenheimer, um, Oppenheimer does well. Right. As far as that Barbenheimer type thing, that competition goes, Oppenheimer wins the night. And this could tell the tale uh, moving forward. This is Nolan's first best director and at the Globes. First best director. Nolan has many films. Interstellar, Inception, The Dark Knight. Like he has many, many films. And this is the one where he gets best director. So it'll be interesting to see if, like, again, if Killian can come up with the best actor, right? And does Oppenheimer have enough? Like, do people love it enough for it to win best picture? We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Barbie falling flat, Oppenheimer winning big. Very, very interesting. We'll see how it everything turns out. Um, turns out at the SAG Awards and also the Oscars. Other highlights from the Golden Globes. Um, the first indigenous woman to be nominated and to win, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon. I've talked about that movie a, a little bit, a few times here and there. It's that three-hour movie by Martin Scorsese that stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, also has Robert De Niro. Um, it should be on Apple TV really soon for people that haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's really, really good. But it's three and a half hours. Um, but this is big. Lily, Glad Lily Gladstone winning um, this globe, but also not winning this globe, but being the first indigenous women to win. Not to, I mean, not only just to win, but to be nominated. And she also won. That's That's fantastic. Uh, Emma Stone also came away with a Golden Globe, which is awesome. Emma Stone is Emma Stone uh, for her movie Poor Things, which she plays a woman who embarks on a, a journey of self-discovery. I've heard great things about it. It seems like it's going to be one of those movies that I think people are either going to love or hate. We'll see. Uh, Paul Giamatti uh, and Devine Joy. Randolph win for the holdovers. Now the holdovers is something that I haven't talked about on this podcast. Oh crap. I can't believe I forgot about the holdovers. I watched the holdovers. Uh about two weeks ago. I watched the holdovers. Um, if you have Peacock, watch it. Check it out. It is really a really good film. Um, I'd even say it's a must-see. Paul Giamatti is amazing. And uh Devine Joy. Randolph is fantastic. Uh, she is she is beautiful in this movie. The way she portrays this character, um, it's it's very good, very 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 good. I can't say enough about the holdovers. 
that's a must watch. If you have Peacock, check that out. If you don't find somewhere where you can watch it, it is fantastic. Um, Paul Giamatti is, you know, he's one of those names that you hear all the time or not all the time, but you hear every now and then, but he is one of those people that are, that, that is a staple in Hollywood. Um, so it's awesome to see that he wins globe and Devine Joy Randolph. I think she's going to steal this season. Um, with her role in the holdovers. So, um, Maestro mentioned that earlier on this show, Maestro starring Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper, man. Um, I think he's one of my favorite actors and creatives out there. Um, I just feel really sad for him. I think Maestro is not connecting with people. Um, some would say he tried too hard. Some would say he pushed too much after coming up short in 2019 um and i know he's been working he worked super hard on this piece um but it's not connecting with people um so it's missing the mark this award season and maestro didn't come away in anything um so it's it's kind of sad i I don't think maestro's gonna get any of the love this award season um and in a season where there's a lot of good product and it's like man you've got to be really good You've got to be really good um, to even compete. So Bradley Cooper misses the uh, Bradley Cooper's maestro. I think it's, it'll miss the mark the rest of the award season. Um, and Bradley will still be searching for his first Oscar. And I, I've got hope in Bradley. I think he'll figure it out. I don't think I loved Maestro, um, but I think I respected his worth ethic and what he did um, to put that piece together. Um, I've got hope. Bradley will figure it out. He was robbed in 2019 when he lost his uh, lost best actor to Rami Malek. And Bohemian Rhapsody, I won't debate it. I won't debate it. Bohemian Rhapsody is one of those films where you look at it and it's aged poorly. Meanwhile, A Star is Born is one of those movies you look back on where Bradley learned to play guitar and he went full on. I don't think he meant method acting. Maybe he did. Bradley did fantastic in that role and lost to Remy Malik. And that's one of those that's one of those results that you look back on and that does not age well. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Next, the SAG Awards, aka the Screen Actor Guild Awards, 30th annual Screen Actor Guild Awards, which, by the way, will be streaming on Netflix Saturday, February 24th. At eight, I will be watching that. Um, so the SAG Awards are voted on by the peers. So the actors get a chance to vote. They get a chance to participate. Not that they don't ever, because some of the actors are part of the the Academy body, uh, the Academy of Arts and Science, Arts and Sciences, which also votes Academy of Arts, I mean the Academy of Motion Picture, Arts and Sciences, which also votes um which votes for the Oscars. So but the this is more peer based. So we're seeing a lot of actors vote within here. Um and the nominations actually came out today. Today is Wednesday, January tenth. And so the nominations came out today. Um and Barbie and Oppenheimer tie with four noms. Four four noms. And 
each of those noms. Excuse me. Each of those noms are, are super duper huge. And they include the best ensemble, which is the most prestigious award at the Screen Actor Guilds. Um, and you got other movies like Killers of the Flower Moon, um, American Fiction, which is a film I haven't talked about much on here, and The Color Purple um, are all vying for uh, Best Ensemble, which um, which awards, again, like it says in title, the Best Ensemble. So I'm, t- I'm talking about everybody that's in Barbie, those main people that are in Barbie, you know, like all those big names that you see, like that's that's what you're looking at. The best performance, the best ensemble. Um, so, and the interesting part about SAG is that sometimes it overlaps with the Oscars. I've read that. I found that out. Like, um, SAG kind of gives more, like more than the Golden Globes. SAG kind of gives a little bit of a hint on what's going to happen in the Oscars. There's a lot of overlapping. Um, there's a lot of criticism on that, which I kind of, kind of, a little bit agree with that criticism. I like the idea that we don't know what's going to happen. I feel like a lot of award season, probably within the past two years, three years, four years, maybe even five, um, people, you know, People haven't already already know what's coming, right? Which makes me go, um, why don't they move the Oscars up? Oscars, I feel like, should be like in January, right? Late January, maybe, right? Maybe early February, March. We're, March is already almost up spring. We've moved on so much from 2023, and it's, it's the weirdest thing. Um, but there's overlapping there and there gets, there's some criticism towards that. Um, so usually the winner of best ensemble gives a little bit of a guess, um, to what could win best picture. Who knows? Um, or not even win best picture. I think more so nominated. Um, but there have been only four films that have gone on to win best picture without receiving an ensemble. nod. It's huge. Only four. Um, those four are Braveheart in 95, uh, The Shape of Water came out in 2017, Green Book 2018, and then Nomadland, which came out in 2020. So four movies. Um, again, another example of why I hate the idea of kind of breathing so much into this. Oh, just because this body voted this way, that means this other body is going to vote the same way. And Sometimes that is the case. But let's just say I don't like it. Not a huge fan of that. Just not. Not a huge fan. Either way, it's going to be interesting to see, though, who gets what the what what these people are thinking, what these actors are thinking, what the guild is thinking, and how they vote. It will be interesting to see. Like, okay, maybe it will go this way. Maybe it won't go this way. Right. Uh, but a part of those uh, first-time noms include Coleman Domingo. Uh, he's he's best known for Euphoria. He's in Euphoria. Uh, I forgot his character in Euphoria. He plays Euphoria. I mean, he's in Euphoria. Um, and he's recently, he was in The Color Purple. 
Uh, and but he also has another movie out on Netflix titled Rustin. Rustin, which I still want to see and want to get a, a need to sit down and watch that one. But Coleman Domingo, Daniel Brooks, who um, got her career start in The Orange is the New Black and since has made her way um, to what is known probably of her career defining role in The Color Purple um, and Devine Joy Randolph and The Holdovers. First time noms, congrats to those guys. Um, it sucks because between. Daniel Brooks and De- and Devine are in the same category, and it just it it sucks so much that those two have to go against each other. Uh, outstanding performances, though, outstanding performances. But that's what it's looking like. It's going to shape up to be on February twenty fourth. There's many more noms, obviously. Um, just type in SAG SAG nominations, and it'll pop up. Um, and again want to hear more on Golden Globes or, or watch or excuse me, read more on Golden Globes. Just type in Golden Globe uh, results and you will get the results for all the results for Golden Globes. Um, yep. Including like more TV shows like the bear performed super duper well at the, at the Globes. Um, the bear succession performed super duper well. Uh, the Netflix limited series beef. I haven't seen that yet, but I heard it's really good. That performed super well. Um, all whole list of nominations. Um, not nominations, but results. And just look up Golden Globes. Yeah, the award season is, it's going to be a good one. I think there's just, once again, I think like last year. Last year, there were so many good movies last year. I think this year we're kind of in that same boat. I just think there's just a lot of good stuff. Um, and it makes me happy because I don't like for there to be like one or two movies that I love. Um, I love to, to sit and watch these movies and go, oh man, I love this one. I love this one. I love this one. I love this one. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see like after this season is ends. And even looking for like the next two years, what movies are going to resonate with uh, with the world long term? I think Oppenheimer is instantly one. Barbie's instantly one, right? Those two, I think without a shadow of a doubt, they're going to last well with the world. Like People are going to keep rewatching those movies. People are going to keep grabbing hold to those movies. Killers of the Flower Moon, possibly. I think because of the weight of the film and what it has and what it brings to the table, that's some one of those movies where they they'll sh- I don't know if they'll show that in school because I know it's rated R, but that's one of those movies where they're gonna teach. They they might teach for history, right? Use it as a historical uh, basis when talk about history and when thinking about history and what it means, right? The holdovers is one that I'm questioning. I think it's really good. I personally feel like it's a Christmas movie. So I don't even know if I'm going to give it a rewatch again, because I'm like, I, I don't like to watch Christmas movies when it's not Christmas. Right. And the holdovers isn't a Christmas movie, but it takes place during Christmas time. And so I don't know if I want to watch that when it's not Christmas, but I don't know. I might watch it because Paul's amazing and Davina's fantastic. 
know. We'll see. Y'all, this is great. It is so great to be back. There's so much more left to talk about, especially with award season. I'm going to get some people on here. We're going to talk more. Uh, we're going to keep going in depth of what we think as we get towards March. Uh, March 10th, Sunday, March 10th at 8 on ABC for the Oscars. Um, and it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. This weekend, um, as we look at the new year, the new year is going to be interesting. As always, the year starts off kind of slow. And so sometimes you get some movies that look interesting, and sometimes you get some movies that don't look interesting. Mean Girls comes out this week. Um, spread the word. Um, make sure people know. When you mention this movie, when you bring it up, when people say, hey, let's go see this movie, ask them this question. Do you know that it is a musical? Do you know that it is a musical? It is a musical. Excuse me. I can't speak. <laughs> Hollywood is trying not to advertise musicals as musicals, which I think is probably one of the dumbest ideas to come out of Hollywood. One of many. But advertising something as not a musical uh, won't work out good in the end. Why? Because people are going to go and they're going to sit. One lick of scream, one lick of, sing of singing, they will walk out. So if I was a person that hated musicals, there was a high chance that I would have walked out of Wonka, which in the first two minutes. I think it's stupid to advertise a product that's not, you know, they're advertising a product that's fake. So you're, you're advertising a, a remake of Mean Girls, but it it's a remake with a twist. And that twist that is that it's a musical, but, and you haven't been advertising that, right? So people, please make sure you know that it is a musical. I, I, I know it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. People are going to go to that movie and they're going to be like, I had no idea there was singing in it. Right. And I'm kind of worried about the movie because I heard this, the music is not that good. I don't know how true that is. Uh, it was on a Broadway musical. I just heard it's not that good. I don't know. So please just be aware. Save yourself the time. If you're not a musical person, don't go see me girls. Just don't go. Just don't go. Um, Another movie I've been really skeptical on. I don't know if I'll go see it. It just, uh, yeah, I just don't know. It's called The Book of Clarence. Um, and so it's about a man who's down on his luck. Um, he's struggling to find a better life for his family. Um, and he's, you know, trying to free himself of debt. Um, and so he gets captivated by the glory of the rising Messiah, right? And he risks everything. Um, to carve his own path to a divine life. Uh, and then he ultimately discovers that the redemptive power of belief may be his only way out. Interesting plot. I've seen the trailer. It looks fine. Um, it doesn't look like um, 
you know, I don't know. It doesn't look too remarkable. Uh, the film is by the bullets. He's more known um, for the movie, the harder they fall, which is, uh, which was the first all black Western um, streamed on Netflix. Um, but this one, the book of Clarence has a saw cast. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, James McAvoy, RJ Siler, Tiana Taylor, Omar Sy. Um, has a real solid cast. I think it's Benedict Cumberbatch is in this. Fascinating. Maybe he has a really, really low-key role. Alfre Woodard. David Oyelowo. This is... Solid cast. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not too high on it. Um, I'm curious, well, uh, what the re- reception is going to turn out to be. Right now, it's sitting at 75 percent with reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, 75 percent. So it looks like it's a solid movie, if anything. Um, mean Girls is also sitting at a 75 percent. Um, so. This will be really interesting this week. I think there's there's definitely some movies to check out. Um, and if you haven't seen Godzilla, go see Godzilla. The Color Purple, go see The Color Purple. Right? Uh, the Holdovers is out. Don't forget on Peacock if you don't have Peacock. It's one of those movies where I think it's worth the rent. It's worth the rent. But other than that, I think that's it for the day. I'm excited to be back, y'all. Um, next week, I think we're going to talk Echo. The new Marvel series Echo is out now. I think all five episodes are out. It's a move. It's a show that I have kind of been anticipating ever since I saw the first trailer. Felt like we were getting a more mature tone from Marvel. It's, it's, it's TVMA. Um, so we're going to talk some Echo. Uh, and we're going to keep looking ahead to the year. We're going to keep looking ahead and we'll talk more award season down the road. Yep. This is going to be an interesting year with all the delays and stuff and, and to see the movies that do come out. I know doom comes out in March and I'm really me and I know me and Josiah got on here not that long ago. Um, we talked about, how excited we were for Dune, and so we're that's going to be the most anticipated movie so far uh, for the year. If you haven't seen Dune, I know there's plenty of people that saw uh, the saw the trailer, the first one, and it got lost in the shuffle. Go watch Dune; it's on Max, so go check that out whenever you get a chance. March is going to be here before you know it, and I'm pumped. That's my most anticipated movie right now, um, but. I'm hoping this is going to be a good year film. I think it will. Now, if it's going to be better than last year's, it's a different story. But we will see y'all. I thank y'all for the support and the love. Stay tuned in to the Real Table podcast. We've got more, more to come. We've got more to come. Stay with me and I will see y'all soon. Peace. Thank you all again for joining me today on The Real Table. Make sure you follow and share this podcast with anybody that loves movies or somebody that wants to just know more about the movie culture. 
Thank you so much once again. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Real Table Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at The Real Table. Once again, thank you all so much. I'll see you all soon.